Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your sometimes host, Matt Scalina. How you doing, Corey? On the road. I was lucky that we were recording. Can you imagine if I answered my phone like that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm on the road today. Well, I'll tell you why I'm on the road. Frank oh. comes on and he talks to us all about what potentially are going to be the five next big cities for 2022. The Western Investor hasn't released it yet. I'm driving around to every one of those cities to see how much real estate we can buy up before word gets out. <laughs> Hardest working man in show business. That's right. <laughs> well, let's not bury the lead. We have Frank O'Brien on the show today. Everybody, I think, listening, if they don't know Frank O'Brien, should know Frank O'Brien. He's the editor of Business in Vancouver. He's a senior writer for Glacier Media. He writes for Western Investor. And wow, uh, wealth of knowledge when it comes to commercial real estate. If you've read anything, in Vancouver that has anything to do with real estate, chances are you read something by Frank O'Brien. That's how in the know this guy is. Major, major get for us. Took me, I can't remember how many weeks I had to beg this guy, but we got him. Great insight, forefront of the industry. The guy has all the information fed to him all the time. Probably not too many guys as knowledgeable in our business. That's right. That's right. And and here's the other thing that Frank talks about, and it's a little later in the show, so you have to wait for it. The top five investment cities in British Columbia. This is one of their kind of signature pieces for Western Investor. It's out in November. We basically got the scoop. We scooped it. Well, this is why I'm not in the studio right now and I'm driving around everywhere. <laughs> is, is there a chance now that I think about it? I'm not going to get to all five of these cities today. What are the chances are we can push this back maybe one or two more weeks? And then I can take your credit card, see how much real estate we can get in these cities before it becomes public knowledge. That's that's right. That's right. But there's so <laughs> there's so many things that come out of this conversation. I mean, it's worth it's worth pointing out. Frank O'Brien came to Vancouver pre Expo '86. He's been covering real yeah. estate in the city going on forty years. And you're right, kind of on the ground, knows all the players, has watched the transformation of the city. He's got some predictions about office space in Vancouver yeah. that that are very yeah. interesting and retail. And I don't want to spoil anything, but what do you think about office space in, in downtown Vancouver, Corey? Is it, is it uh, a, dying, uh, a dying component to the commercial real estate business? Well, I think, and I've said this before, people are creatures of habit. And I think employers are going to struggle to maintain retention in corporate culture if they don't have an office space. Whether, that, whether those employees come back five days a week or not, that's yet to be seen. Office demand in Vancouver, which traditionally has never been a head office city, maybe like a Calgary or a Toronto is in Canada, uh, we've been scrambling to keep up from a square footage standpoint. And one of the biggest drivers of our office market is tech. Tech got bigger during the pandemic. So is will all the same tenants be in place? No, I think that's fair to say. Does the guy that have 10,000 square feet maybe go down to five and his employees come a couple times a week? That I think is fair to say. Demand to fill that 5,000, whether it be a 10,000 square foot uh, tenant expanding 
two of that 5,000, or the next guy that thought he needs 10 comes in and scoops up the five because that all, that's all he needs. I'm a big believer. I think over the next 24 months, we're going to see the backfill of the spaces that are available now. And that Vancouver is, is mainly driven in the office market as of late by tech industry swallowing up a very large square footage. I think it's very safe to say that over the next two years, this will all blend itself out and um, hopefully will be a non-issue for the developers and the uh, office landlords in the downtown marketplace. Well, and the big question and one that Frank talks about on the show today is the relationship between the office space downtown and the retail space. And the correlation is not necessarily what you think. So stay tuned for that. Could be some opportunities there. But before we get to our talk with Frank O'Brien, Corey, the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast is sponsored. It's always sponsored by our good friends over at Impact Commercial Group with over 15 years of commercial lending experience. For all your commercial lending needs, reach out to Al and the team at impactcommercial.ca. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll cut to our talk with Frank O'Brien, editor of Business in Vancouver and senior writer at Glacier Media. I've been following Frank's writing for years. It is uh, some of the best in the business, and this is a great conversation. Yeah, it's a definitely canvas episode. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Frank O'Brien, the editor of Western Investor and senior real estate writer for Glacier Media, which of course includes business in Vancouver and a host of other publications. How you doing, Frank? I'm doing fine this morning. Thanks for having me on, Corey. Yeah, well, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Frank, maybe uh, apart from your title, most people are going to know your name from the byline. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're, you've been writing in Vancouver for a very long time, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm a graduate, journalism graduate from Ottawa. I moved out here uh, in the early 70s. Uh, I edited uh, Home Builder Magazine, the national magazine for the Canadian Home Builders Association for a number of years here from Vancouver, though so it was published in Montreal. And um, I've written for the Globe and Mail, Financial Post, Financial Times, when the um, development of Falls Creek South started way back in the day, pre-Expo uh, 86, I did a seven-part series for the Financial Times on the development there. And it's it's strange now to see my name coming up because it seems like so long ago. But uh, I've been in this Vancouver market for quite a while, and uh, I find it exciting. I like working out here. A couple questions about that. One is, um, it sounds like, so you, you, you graduate out in Ottawa, back east, you head out here, you end up writing about real estate. Was real estate always a passion of yours or, or did you kind of fall into it? Well, I, I kind of fell into it. I did, a, uh, I did an article that got some big coverage, you know, across Canada in both the Globe and Mail and in, um, in a magazine. And uh, I started getting calls on writing about real estate. And then, uh, I kind of fell into it after that. But once I got into it, it's such a, it's such a dynamic and diverse market that it like, it touches everybody in the country, right. You know, from a private home to, to where you're working. And, um, I just got fascinated by it and I've been covering it ever since. Well, it strikes me that you, you've kind of, if you, you came out here to cover South Falls Creek pre-Expo 86, and you've been in the real estate world ever since, you've kind of lived through and reported on one of the most dynamic changes, I think, in, in Canadian real estate history with 
with Vancouver kind of from say the early 1980s through through to today you know not necessarily something specific to commercial real estate but maybe just real estate more generally what and this is a very broad question but in all that time what has been the most surprising aspect of Vancouver real estate and the and the changes you've seen I think it's the absolute resilience of this market. But if you look at it, Metro Vancouver is made for commercial real estate. Like if we had to design a geographic area to make real estate, you know, commercial and res- and residential real estate a success, Vancouver would, would be the template. We're surrounded by the border, the mountains, the ocean. We got a restless population of high income earners. The only thing holding them back is uh, is progressive politics here, uh, which you know created the ALR, which is like 150,000 acres that can't be touched for development, and so it's just made this intense real estate market that uh, has no sign of slowing down. Like over the years, I've been I've been covering it. There's been all kinds of you know black swans have come in and. And the market just keeps on going. And I see no end to the uh, the market in Vancouver, although the prices here are absolutely astounding. You know, and, and in terms of black swans, you know, COVID strikes me as, as one of the, the largest unforeseen issues that we're dealing with. Has the resiliency of the market through COVID, did that surprise you? Well, you know, COVID's a small black swan compared to what we've seen before, I think the election of the NDP government was was a you know another black swan, and the bringing in and and when the Liberals brought in the twenty percent, you know foreign buyers tax, uh, you know these things are permanent. The COVID is not going to last that long. You know, expect like it's lasted longer than we thought, but it's going to be over by next year, and you know, and uh, and Vancouver will just be roaring by then, I believe. I think, Frank, right now, we just want to book you in for a second show because that (laughs) NDP topic could be a very, very interesting one in this province. Frank, recently there was an article that had come out and uh, you had sort of mentioned there a little bit about how Vancouver was made for commercial real estate. And we talk a little bit about the geographical challenges Vancouver experiences. Obviously, you guys from the media side are being fed a a ton of information. So you're getting a very, very good bird's eye view of the overall market. Besides mm-hmm. the geographical constraints, is there anything that you've sort of sort of jumped out at you that sort of positions Vancouver into that sort of perfect commercial real estate market? If you look at the construction of the office space downtown, it shows and and the sales of commercial real estate since COVID started, it gives an indication that even though we're kind of myopic here in Vancouver, you know, we you know consider this market to be normal. To anyone else looking at it, like from Toronto or Montreal or Calgary or Edmonton, this is like, you know, Mecca. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you talk about data, the thing today is that the data is so much more precise, you know. Uh, for example, when you look at the downtown office market, I have a feeling that it's the downtown office market that is in more trouble both short term and perhaps long term, because of COVID and the retail sector. Yep. Like for example, there's been a study that came out. Avis and Young 
did this study and they tracked cell phone track, you know, they tracked cell phone activity in downtown Vancouver. Okay. Yep. Pre-COVID, after COVID, you know, there used to be 6,000 to 7,000 people downtown on their cell phones. These are, you know, targeted in at office buildings, yep. you know, they can do that now. There used to be like up to 7,000 people on their cell phones downtown at any time. Now there's like 1,900, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, a huge, drop. that's a huge drop, right? So, and you see like with Amazon, for example, it's taking 1 million square feet in the new tower going up at Canada or at the old, the post, at the old there. Canada post office, yep. right? Yep. But, but Amazon says that up to, the workers are encouraged to work two days in the office and the rest of the time at home if they want to, you see? Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of people I think who are working from home who will stay working at home, but they're still making the same money and they're not paying the commuting costs, travel costs. They're not dining out as much, but they're shopping. So the retail side I think is, is going to be quite strong. And the office market, I think is going to be in a little bit of trouble. Not saying that, you consider there's 3 million square feet of new office space coming out out yeah. of the ground in Vancouver. They say 63% of it's already leased, but but there's a difference of it being leased and it being full, you see? So yeah. I think, you know, I think there's going to be some challenges in the office sector. In the retail side, though, I think it's going to be very strong. And one thing we've kind of seen from like a, a, a brokerage level is, yeah, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there where, Leased and full are two different things where a lot of companies have continued to pay their rents, but their their employees and stakeholders haven't occupied the spaces just yet. And I think a question yet to be answered is when those leases come due for renewal, are those tenants downsizing or are they renewing? And what is the backfill of those units, whether it be yeah. an existing tenant needing to expand into more space or is there new tenant types entering the marketplace. I think when we go back and we look at, I mean, granted, we've never had a medical induced crisis, but we've had, you mean, 9-11 and the dot-com bubble. And it seems like the office market has sort of been resilient in the years to follow where it hasn't maybe come back right away, but it kind of filled itself back in. Do you feel differently that, that that office market will maybe dwindle a little bit and then things like retail will kind of be the beneficial winners because of the, the additional spending that those employees are not yeah, having to do? I'm, I'm afraid so. Like um, I was in, I was at the BIV office. Normally we have 120 people inside that building. It's on uh, West 5th in Mount Pleasant, you know, which is absolutely booming around there with right. stuff going on. But, yeah. but Normally, we would have up to 110, 120 people in there when it was going flat out, like post-pandemic. I was in there last week. There was 10 people in the office, you know. So, you know, this is, you know, and in, and in downtown Vancouver right now, there's 1.7 million square feet of sublease space that's been shoved back on the market. And you got another three or four million square feet coming out of the ground. So, you know, it, it just seems that... Uh, you're not going to see the people coming back to the office like all the developers hope they are. Like Collier said that 63% of people are going to be back at work as soon as Labor Day is over, right? Yeah. But but they're not, you know? And I don't think people are going to rush back in into the office in the numbers that the developers think they are. So the big question is, as you brought up, is, you know, when will these office buildings be sold 
or be full and when and if they don't when will the landlord start saying or the employer starts saying well i don't need this much space right i just don't need you know so that's the question it's going to be and we won't know the answer to that for another 18 months i don't think now do you think maybe office type landlords would be the beneficiaries maybe in like a surrey langley or abbotsford market where maybe these employees aren't commuting into downtown Offices look at maybe I don't need ten thousand square feet downtown. Maybe I'll shrink that to five, and then I'll mm-hmm. put an office in Surrey or Abbotsford or Maple Ridge, where more of my staff is. That way, they have the flex option of going into the office a couple of days, working from home. Is that a trend that you think? Yeah, might, might that's exactly what I think is happening. That's exactly what I think is happening. If you look at the office take up in Surrey, it's you know it's you know it's quite a bit stronger than it is in downtown Vancouver. You know, it's a smaller market, but but that's where the growth is, is is in the suburban markets. We found too, like with tracking, this uh, you know with tracking searches on REW, like people searching for property on it. There's a huge movement out of Vancouver into the into the Fraser Valley and in Vancouver Island. So Frank, just so I understand, when when we're talking about an uptick in in retail, we're not thinking downtown. Then we're thinking this is kind of overarching Metro Vancouver retail as a, as a commercial area to watch or, or are we seeing that downtown as well? I think like, and this is, you know, it is where there's a real divergent. I think that the downtown shopping areas will be quite strong because people, they may not be coming into work, but they like to come into the city to play and to shop. And I don't see why there wouldn't be continued strength in the retail market because there's people making money right now, but they're not, you know, spending what they used to spend going to the office, commuting, even dining out. But they are spending it on, uh, you know, clothing and recreational equipment and like that. And uh, people like to shop. It's it's a it's a, it's a trend I think that is not going to slow down because of COVID. I'm quite bullish on the uh, on the retail market, actually. Is there any particular markets that you you guys are seeing more activity than others? Is there is is Coquitlam? It sounds like you're bullish on downtown, Frank. If I understand, besides downtown, sorry, but I should have reframed that. Besides downtown, is there other markets that you guys think that we'll see a, an uptick in retail? Uh, well, Burnaby, I think, would be the the first bet. You know, especially the Brentwood Mall area. Yeah, that that space has turned out tremendous there. They they've unfortunately had a few tenants that haven't gone the distance with them, but I'm sure they'll backfill those spaces. Earl's was recently announced. They were backfilling the uh, cactus space there in the Brentwood. Oh, is that right? Yeah, wow. in the amazing Brentwood there. So that's an area that I think will will, will do very, very well regardless, but it's, it's mm-hmm. turned out tremendous. Like the, the incredible construction and the beautiful, beautiful atmosphere there. Yeah, we've got just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pulling out some numbers here on, on the retail space in Vancouver. And it's like, Anyway, I think that the retail market is going to be quite, quite, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm quite bullish on retail. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very strong. And even if you look at what's selling in the retail market, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very promising this year. You know, one thing that we've been thinking about here, Frank, and, and you mentioned, you know, Collier's suggesting that you know, after Labor Day that people are coming back to the office, it doesn't seem like it's materialized. You know, Corey works in commercial. I work in residential. I, I was 
I was thinking that there'd be a stronger uptick in demand for uh, residential downtown in September than there seems to have been so far. In terms of timelines, are are you surprised that it's kind of taking longer for for downtown to come back, or what what kind of timeline are you thinking uh, here in the next twelve eighteen months? Well, if you consider that there's only been one real launch of a new condo tower in downtown Vancouver this year so far is the the three Burrard building, and it's 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 got I think sixty percent of it sold out already, mm-hmm. and the prices there are are pretty steep. You know, fourteen hundred dollars a square foot and up. So it I don't think we've seen yet the um, the strength of the downtown market. There's been a there's been a real pause on new development, like on launches, mm-hmm. and but the Burrard building I think is you know is showing that it does have legs that people do want to live downtown, like. Like it's strange. I think like a lot of people, I talked to a guy that moved over to Duncan from Yale town. He moved over to Duncan on the Island. And, uh, I talked to him oh, a couple of months ago and he said, if I have to spend another Friday night in Duncan, I'm going to slip my throat. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like he wants to be downtown. Once he, we get the Vancouver Canucks back playing again, right. You know, the people can come in and the big concert stars, like I've already got tickets to the, uh, Elton John concert next October. It's going to be packed, you know, full house probably. You know, when that starts happening, I think there's going to be a migration of younger people back into the city again. Yeah, I agree. You know? Oh, like on on the um, on the retail side of it, if you consider, this is like interesting here. In Metro Vancouver, there's 35 million square feet of inventory of retail and only 4% is vacant. 4.1% yeah. is vacant. So, you know, that gives an indication there's, you know, there's a lot of demand for office or, or for retail space in Vancouver. So we, we've touched on office, we've touched on retail. Industrial, I think, is is almost, I mean, at this stage, sells and leases itself. Yeah, it's off the charts. It's, the industrial it's market. unbelievable what's transpired over the past couple of years in that asset class. And obviously COVID's put a bigger onus on it than anything. And it's just, it's moving at a record pace. What about multifamilies? Recently, an article came out talking about the commercial real estate sales smashed the previous quarter sales record. Mm-hmm. Multifamily obviously was a major driver of that, of mm-hmm. those sales. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on multifamily and what, what is one of the biggest catalysts right now that's making that asset class as hot as it is? As you probably know, the uh, we've got big REITs coming into Vancouver yep. and, and we're seeing a real churn in the market. We're seeing people that have held property like like portfolios of rental property in Vancouver, older older property for years, and now they're you know they're cashing in on what are are you know record high prices, and you've got institutional buyers coming in, reads and like that. But it's the it's that market, the older apartment buildings that really have the potential if you want to make money in the multifamily market. It's not like the guys building the new rental stuff. They have to charge so much because of the land costs and all the restrictions and the delays to build anything that they're having to come in price really high on it, like like you know two thousand dollars and up for a one bedroom, and, and that's not the market that they have to to meet. It's the it's the older apartments that make up about sixty seventy percent of the market anyway. That's where the investors should be and are looking at. 
You know, Frank, just thinking about, you know, the last, I guess, 40 odd years of watching the market here in Vancouver and, and, and specifically the resiliency of the market, uh, what are the biggest challenges facing the commercial real estate market in, in the city of Vancouver? Okay, the biggest challenge facing the commercial market in Vancouver, I would say that, I would say with government restrictions, the inability to get things built quickly enough, I think that would be the problem. We've got a, like we've got delays in almost anything that you try to build here now in the city of Vancouver, particularly. It, it takes a long time to get anything up, and um, I think that's the the major problem. But I also think that just because of the, the dynamics of Vancouver, the fact that when the immigration gates open up again and the travel restrictions lift, lift that these problems will be overcome by the just by the strength of the private market. As long as we have interest rates of where they are and the demand that we have for for space in Vancouver, I don't see any any of it slowing down. So we'll ask you the million dollar question then is what markets does Frank O'Brien think will be the best performing markets? Let's say three years out from now, where's where Frank putting his money? I was going to say, or put another way, what is Frank buying if yeah. he's buying something? <laughs> Vancouver Island. Really? Vancouver Island. Bear Mountain, for example, it just, you know, Parksville, Nanaimo. And of course, Greater Victoria itself. It's I think Vancouver Island is going is is the growth market for British Columbia over the next five or ten years. It, it's a combination of demographics. There's so many seniors going in there. We've got a you know a tech set you know a tech center building up in Victoria that I think is is ranked number six or seven in Canada right now for tech. And uh, the prices are you know are high on on the island, but they're nothing compared to Vancouver. And uh, if you look at, uh, like, for example, in the REW, which has got the best search engine for, you know, for residential real estate in Canada, I think, the top 10 places that people were searching for real estate during the pandemic were all on Vancouver Island. And Nanaimo was number one, Greater Victoria was second, but then even places like Parksville and Qualicum Beach were, were you were right up there, ranked really high in people searching. And, and they're just like, Victoria is just waking up right now to what the potential is going to be. I was over there last weekend and, you know, it's amazing what's going on in Victoria. I think that's the big growth area. And you can still buy homes over there for like, you know, for $600,000, you can get view property and everything. It's, you know, not in Victoria itself, but uh, up island a little, which is uh, still a great area. and. If you work from home, I think Vancouver Island is going to be the uh, the place to be. Frank, you don't you don't know this, but uh, I think during the pandemic, I I convinced Matt and Adam to buy a commercial property with me in Vancouver on Vancouver Island in Greater Victoria. And when you said Greater Victoria was your pick, I've never seen Matt jump out of his chair so fast with a smile on I his start, face. I started salivating. <laughs> well, look at the Harris Green area there. Yeah. L- look who's playing in there: Nicola Wealth, Jimmy Patterson's in there big time. You know, like that's where, like Victoria is like what, what Vancouver was 20 years ago. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be one of the, the uh, most important cities in, uh, in Western Canada. It's already ahead of Regina, Saskatoon. You know, it has, it has a 
lower industrial vacancy rate than any, anywhere else in the country right now, 0.2%, you know, yeah, it's the office market is, is, you know, is roaring and, and it's got the provincial government, uh, you know, as a, as a major tenant to back any, everything else up. Well, I think that Harris Green District as well, and obviously we're we're very very bullish on our our Victoria office is actually in the heart of the Harris Green District. Is, oh yeah, is, lucky for you. I think it's yeah. going to become the Yale town of Victoria of Vancouver Island there, just because downtown's got so much heritage attached to a lot of the buildings. There's not a lot of development opportunity downtown, so yeah. you automatically almost default into Old Town or Harris Green, and Harris Green's got a, a greater density opportunity than the Old Town district. That mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of these buildings that are going up. You're getting a lot of young professionals that are now tenanting and buying in the space. There's a lot of holes in the ground. The absorption's really, really good. And I think you're going to get a lot of really, really animated street-level retail in that area. That's going to just make that kind of the, I don't want to say the epicenter of that area, but I think you're going to find a lot of people gravitate to what Starlight's doing and all of that stuff there with the projects coming in that that's going to be the part of greater Victoria that you're going to go for dinner, for drinks, for your, your shopping. And oh, we have sure. a lot of young yeah. professionals there as well. So we're, I agree with you that Harris green district, I think is going to be the be yeah. all end all in that area. Yeah. Reliance is in there big time too. So yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish on Victoria in Vancouver. Um, I know it's kind of, you know, counterintuitive, but Strathcona, is a, an emerging market. The prices in there are already pretty high, but they're nothing what they're going to be like in two years from now. Once, uh, you know, the, you've got just a few blocks away, you've got the, um, the St. Paul's Hospital, $2.1 billion project, the biggest medical project in Canadian history going right in there, right? It's uh, the SkyTrain's right there. Abcelera, you know, the big biotech firm, they've taken, you know, 400,000 square feet there to main a terminal. This is all just on the, on the fringe of Strathcona, but Strathcona doesn't have the zoning that the Falls Creek Flats does, which is supposed to be a work area. And they're not allowing much residential. That's not the same in, uh, in Strathcona. You know, for example, one developer there, he bought a block out. He's tearing it down this week. And he's already sold 50 condominiums in the building. These are stacked townhouses and all of the retail space underneath. And this is like the thing is, isn't even out of the ground yet, you know? So that's, you know, Strathcona is going to be the nexus to change that whole downtown east side area. It's, it's going to change the conversation down there. And that project you're talking about, is that, is that the assembly project there? Yeah, the assembly project, yeah. Yeah, we had Jordan McDonald on a, a few yeah, weeks back. Yeah, past guest fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, no, he yeah. had him on. He spoke. It, uh, very intelligent guy. But uh, you know, Caltech is putting up a ten-story office building right beside the new uh, the new hospital. Right, it's going to be built before the hospital is finished. I think it opens in twenty twenty-four, and the hospital finishes in twenty twenty-seven. So, like, say five, six years from now, that that whole area down there, that whole eastern edge of the downtown east side. Or, or uh, east of downtown Vancouver, starting really with the Canada Post building, right? Uh, the old post office building and going east from there. like, And then they're taking down the viaducts and all that. This is going to be the area that you should be looking at. Strathcona right now is 
probably the best buy in the city. Well, you know what? And, and in my, well, including Chinatown, right? Like it does seem at least. Yeah. Chinatown. Yeah. Undervalued right now. Chinatown. Totally undervalued. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's crazy. COVID has really, uh, had a negative impact on, on that market, at least on the residential side. We're seeing that for sure. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough though, to get things done in Chinatown because of the politics around it with, with the city. They have these weird rules down there. Like if, like if you try to build residential, you got to have like 30% of this social housing in there and stuff. It just, it makes it difficult to make the numbers work, you know? So, so Vancouver <laughs> Island, it's Frank's nod. What about the BC interior market? We hear a lot about Kelowna. I think Kamloops is one that's sort of that undiscovered just yet, but I, I would be very confident saying over the next 36 months, Kamloops will come to the forefront, not to the same capacity as Kelowna, but I think there's a lot of people that maybe discount Kamloops right now. What are your thoughts yeah, uh, on well, both of those markets? Oh, Kelowna, Kelowna is an interesting, you know, it is a very interesting market. If you, if you really, you have to get deep dive in what's being built there. All of the new stuff that's coming out is from the foundation of failed you know, you know, failed projects, projects yep. that started and died back in 2008, yep. right? Yep. You know, like, and now they're coming back to life. But if you look just outside the city, like downtown, they're, they're charging like, like a million dollars an acre, you know, for, you know, a land assembly downtown, a couple of, like a couple of houses, they want a million dollars an acre, right? Yep. But if you just move out of town a little bit, Right, it's not serviced. Right, it's not like service like downtown is, but you can buy acreage for thirty thousand dollars. Right, and and you're still within the city limits. You know, it's it's amazing. The developers are coming into Kelowna, but they're gun shy. You know, Kelowna's got a boomy, busty past. Now, this could be the the final boom in in Kelowna. This could be it. Could not stop right now, but you know, they're still gun shy. It's uh. You know, it's not like Vancouver where you're you got a you know a mass of people. You got everything going on. Kelowna looks promising, but you got to be careful. The prices that they're offering up in Kelowna right now are really, really close to Vancouver. You know, like in the center of Kelowna, you've got you know if you're looking at Kelowna, you, you've got to move out of town a little bit, and you've got to think long term. Right, and you know, I well, and not not uh, necessarily in the commercial space, but we've seen some. Uh, rents in the one bedroom market downtown Kelowna that are, that are higher than Vancouver downtown right now. I know. And, and a lot of that downtown stuff is being built for investors. Like they've built it and, you know, and, and they're selling it to investors. And that's why the rents are so, the asking is so high, but I don't, I don't know if it's, it's sustainable right now. I really don't. So I it's going to take a couple of years to find out if Kelowna is really for real, or if it's another little, you know, blip, like a, like it was 10 years ago. Well, that I was just going to make a comment around that is I think the big question becomes when there's probably thousands, and when I say thousands, I think there's multiple towers and let's say there's two or 300 units in a tower that will all probably be delivered within, you know, the next, you know, I mean, maybe 24 to 36 months when right. all that inventory comes up, that's all been probably primarily marketed towards investors. Is mm-hmm. there a big enough rental market to absorb all of that inventory? Right. That will probably all come out because if you had a building with 200 units in it, let's just make the numbers easy and say 50% were owner occupiers, 50% were investors. And I think you might find the investor percentage is a lot higher than that. That mm-hmm. if that's the case, is there a hundred people looking for one and two bedrooms 
at that particular time? Or what does that lease up look like where guys are still having vacancies six months down the road and then the next building gets delivered? I know. Uh, see, in Kelowna, their most optimistic projection is they let, they'll have 180,000 people by 2040. Well, you know, North Vancouver's got that right now. So if you're looking at Kelowna, you've got to balance that. Just, you know, just like you said, it's a smaller market. How many people are going to be willing to pay those kind of rents in Kelowna? So, you know, I I still be cautious on Kelowna, although it is, you know, it's you know, it's a headline making area. It's like it's booming right now, but I don't know. It, it just seems overpriced in the core. You get outside of the area, like Penticton, much much better bet, much better bet, I think, for Penticton and Kelowna for an investor coming in. What about what are your thoughts on Kamloops? Kamloops has always been a kind of a blue, blue collar town. It doesn't have the cachet of uh, Kelowna, uh, although the Sun Peaks is doing is doing very well, and and uh, supposedly the sales at that uh, that big golf course there, you know, the lot sale there is, are supposedly going fairly well. But Kamloops doesn't have the kind of you know, you know, oceanside downtown yeah. excitement that Kelowna has. It it'll be it's a, it's a it's a working class town and probably a you know a good place to move in and you know and buy an affordable home or buy an affordable rental but it's never it's not going to get the big wave that you're going to get into Vancouver Island or into Kelowna during the pandemic. Yeah, no, I agree. I was actually in both Kelowna and Kamloops this past week at our Kelowna office, and then also our next office opening will be in Kamloops next year. So I was there seeing how that yeah. was going. And I was really, really pleasantly surprised to see how much development was going on in Kamloops and in that downtown core. And it almost uh-huh. had an energy about it, very similar to kind of maybe oh, the energy really? you might have felt a few years back in Victoria yeah. or even Kelowna where you, you can feel the buzz in the air. Uh-huh. I had that same feeling walking around downtown Kamloops. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really expect it right no, yet. I, yeah. But there's a lot of development going on, a lot of exciting projects going on. The absorption of the product seems to be to be meeting demand in the office building where we've purchased in. I think they're sitting around 70 or 80%, which I am I thought for sure there would be quite a few options still for purchasers or tenants once the building got to standing product and was completed. But I think right. at the pace they're going, they're gonna have the pro the building completely leased or and or sold because it's oh, kind of a mix. Prior, That's prior That's to, interesting. but I, yeah. I, I even noticed even too, from a brokerage level that I've been sort of told from, from our, our teams, they would call on Kamloops building owners years ago and mm-hmm. they were, they were almost caught off guard. Now, when we're mm-hmm. reaching out to these same building owners, they, they comment how we're the fifth one to call them in the past 90 days from Vancouver brokerages. So I think, well, that is really interesting because I haven't been up in Kamloops for a while. I was up there two years ago, and I, yeah. that's still kind of stuck in my mind about about Kamloops. But I, I, I would wrong. definitely Kamloops. recommend going in there because mm-hmm. I think even from someone like in, in in the brokerage business where we're seeing development all the time, I was extremely pleasantly surprised to see what's going on in Kamloops and and kind of the the feeling that that city had that I hadn't felt that that there before. And even mm-hmm. uh, uh, the episode we had last week with Hugh Cartwright who is the uh, uh, f- co-founder and chairman of Nationwide Self-Storage, their number right. one performing asset in the whole company is Kamloops. When I was up there, I went uh-huh. and I stopped in to check it out. And it's everywhere you go in that city right now, there's an energy about it that I never felt a few years back. 
and there's a lot of development happening, much more than I anticipated, and attractive-looking development, stuff that you would see. So I really think that's a market that's sort of on not a lot of people's radar who's not in our industry just yet. But I think over right. the next three years, you'll hear a lot more about it. And I know a lot of developers that we've spoken to and you know, you know, institutional buyers and you know, large asset companies. The question about Kamloops has come up more and more now than it ever has. Asking uh-huh. us, what do you guys know about Kamloops? What are your thoughts on Kamloops? And that never entered the fray 12, 16, you know, even 24 months back where now it seems, wow. I think just because Kelowna's had such a major run, sure. everyone's looking for that next market. To pop, and I really think Kamloops has a lot of that criteria that a lot of investors will soon look to in the next, in the coming coming months and years that will meet a lot of a lot more criteria than I think a lot of people expect. What kind of house pressure are they getting in Kamloops? That would be a good question. That's uh, that's higher than my pay grade, unfortunately. Yeah, but, and but you I'm, know that's not uh, not a market we follow very closely. Well, but, I can tell you this: we have a major development site for sale up there. Uh, a gentleman in our Kelowna office and our Langley office have co-listed it. And I, it's it's pretty substantial. I think it's like 400 doors on it, which which I think the initial thought is that's quite big, maybe for a small market like that. But they've had a a lot of interest in it from a lot of very prominent type interior developers, much more than uh-huh. I would anticipate. It. And they're actually getting, I mean, the broad strokes done on some stuff circling that this, development site. That this uh, is multifamily. It is. It's it's uh, up to 400 doors. I think there's the opportunity to look at everything probably from hotel to senior homes and rental and stratified. But in that downtown core, there's developments going up. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening down there. It's got a it's got a great energy about it that I didn't anticipate. And I think you're seeing. A, I think you're going to see a transition from a lot of local owners and local tenants in the Camus market, where Camus will become a satellite office. I think for a lot of companies in the future. And even just mm-hmm. seeing where our office is going in the Hive development down there, which is sort of some some A-class office buildings being built in downtown Kamloops. And the absorption they've had on the product, I think, speaks to the the need for it and the want that I think Where's Kamloops, the office demand coming from? Well, I think in the building up there, like where we are, we're, I believe, the only non-Kamloops tenant coming into the building. Everything else has been a reposition where I think they've, they've announced BDCs in there. There's a major law firm. There's a dental group. They're close with some retail tenants for the property now. So I think it's we're the only ones not currently located in Kamloops coming into that. But I think you're going to find a lot of the a lot of businesses that maybe once never say considered Kelowna as a secondary market. Now look at Kelowna. And I think you're going to find that Kamloops in the not the, maybe not in the immediate future, but I think in the over the horizon, you're going to see Kamloops, I think, will be something that will hit a lot more people's radar than we expect. Yeah, well, that is. Yeah, because we're just working on, in November, we always do our five top towns in BC. It's a, you know, for real estate investors. Yeah. Yep. And, and Kamloops was not, Kelowna is, but Kamloops was not in the, the mix. But I'm going to take a look at it after I get off the phone here. Because that, because Kamloops was in in our list last year. Yeah. But it, it really got overshadowed by Kelowna this year, but. I'm going to have to check into into Kamloops because I like that market. It, it's it's it's, it's a, a good market, and even when we were up there too, meeting with uh, one of the local developers and hoteliers in in town there, and really getting their thoughts on the market. They've been there for about a decade now, so they've seen that market transition firsthand. And even just talking to people on the ground, the excitement that's happening and the transition that's happening in that market. Although I agree with you, it doesn't have the cachet of a Kelowna. Much more uh-huh. blue collar transportation hub. I think part right. of their part of their slogan is like tournament 
capital they're, of the they're world. The tournament type of capital. Thing. Well, at least of BC. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of that going on, but I think you're going to see a, maybe a, a little bit more of a reposition in it where I think you're going to get more and more companies will look to a market like that that maybe once well, didn't consider it in the past. Well, the thing is, the, the trans. The Trans Mountain Pipeline is coming through there, Kamloops, this yeah. year, right? Yeah. So, like, I had the feeling that this all the numbers I'm seeing out of Kamloops, the kind of excitement that you're talking about, is really because the pipeline's coming through. They've dropped a ton, like $400 million or something they spent in Kamloops this year. They booked up all the hotel rooms, all that stuff, and looked really good on paper. But I thought, okay, the, the pipeline moves on. And uh, next year, and Kamloops goes back to sleep. That was my kind of impression. But you say that's not true. Well, I think seeing a lot of the cranes in the air, and I think one thing that that part of my prediction is, and maybe I shouldn't be talking about it too much because I you need to acquire more real estate in that market before everyone else does, <laughs> is I think you're going to look at Kamloops as being a secondary option for people that maybe grow up in Kelowna that maybe or can't. priced out, yeah. Yeah, they can become priced out because even Vernon, West Kelowna, all those markets are, are thriving off of the success of Kelowna that I even know our Kelowna office is doing some work for some people who are actually, you know, subleasing their spaces to move to Kamloops because they're priced out of the market. And I think over the next decade, you're going to find, you I mean, that generation will probably have to look to Kamloops as a liv- livable option, which is only about an hour and a half away. You mean yeah, an hour and 45 minutes yeah. away? Maybe I was driving faster than I should, but I got there in no time. It's right there that I think it creates a good secondary market for a lot of those people. And I think as they transition over, that younger generation will, jobs will follow, trends will change, all of that stuff there. So I think, you know, I think Kamloops has got a lot of exciting things ahead of it that I think will get discovered. When Kamloops wakes up to the fact that they're on a, a huge lake, maybe that, you know, things that really start moving there, they seem to ignore that fact that they're on a, on a major waterfront up there. Frank, just, I know it sounds like it hasn't went to press yet, but you were talking about the five top BC markets. Um, Uh presumably we've talked about a couple of them already, but I'm, I'm just curious, is there, is there any of those, uh, those markets that is, that you're, uh, you're writing about for November that, that you want to mention here today? Well, the top three are Victoria, Surrey, and Kelowna, of course, right? The short list on the other ones are Cranbrook, Penticton, Squamish. Interesting. You know, Penticton is picked because I think it's underpriced in the Okanagan right now. Yeah. And and I think it's a, a good bet for smaller investors. Yeah. Surrey, of course, because, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's crazy booming out there. My wife's staying up right now at the Civic Hotel out there three of their sisters in the in the Surrey Memorial Hospital. And you just see like that is a world class building that the Civic Hotel and, and that whole development in Surrey, like like the whole length of it, like White Rock and South Surrey, it it's just it's an amazing it's an amazing market in every aspect of every sector of the uh, of the real estate market. And Victoria we've already talked about. But uh if you want to shoot me those articles before you put them out there, <laughs> Frank, I'll give you a free, uh, free opinion yeah, on but, it. <laughs> you, know, cr- you know, Cranbrook's got a lot of, I've been looking at Cranbrook. It's not really officially on the list yet, but it's something to watch for the Kootenays. You know, we don't really usually do a lot in the Kootenays, but there's a lot of stuff going on up in Cranbrook. And Squamish has been a surprising, you know, for me anyway, like I never really liked Squamish, but it's, it's coming along very well. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of residential going in there. There's some 
you know, some interesting retail happening there, that downtown development where the old, um, whatever it was, a mill or something on the waterfront there, like, like that is transforming and, and, uh, is very popular with, uh, with the younger people, like, like millennials and Gen X's and like that. So it's got some legs. Well, I think if you look at it, even the, you mean the drive distance, if you're working in Vancouver to get from Squamish to Vancouver's what, probably 45 minutes? Yeah, yeah, that's nice yeah, yeah, that's the... Some days getting from Coquitlam to Vancouver takes me an hour and 20. Oh, yeah, so, try Port, yeah, try Port Moody. Yeah, you know? so that's yeah. where I think, I mean, I think a lot of people are looking at it, that it's a shorter drive most days, probably a much more scenic drive. Right. Maybe a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, well... I, I come through Hastings, so <laughs> um, so there's so I think I think when you look at that, I think you can see the attraction that that market has. Yeah. And I think if you want to yeah. talk about a market that's landlocked, you know, could Squamish be any more landlocked than wow. having all the beautiful mountains around it, and then you've got the the ocean literally right there. Like you're you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, and, and you've got Whistler for the weekends too. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's a Squamish could be could be on our list. We'll be finalizing that tomorrow. Actually, we're going to get it. All the all the stuff's coming in, and we'll have the final three pick, but uh, or the final two pick. But you know, we took the low hanging fruit, though, really, like Victoria, Surrey, and uh, and Kelowna. It's like for this year, right now, they probably are, uh, you know, like three of three of the best areas. If you're coming in with deep pockets, especially into uh, into uh, Victoria or Kelowna, you can buy homes, you can buy real estate. You know, cheaper in Surrey than you can in Kelowna, which is, which is another kind of question mark about Kelowna. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I feel like we're everyone, and maybe don't quote me on these prices, but uh, there was two launches recently in Surrey. The Melrose project sold out very quickly, but my understanding was it was about a hundred dollars a foot higher than the project they launched like a month before, but it's still cheaper than some of the new product in Kelowna. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 I think Melrose is just under $1,000 a square foot to start for the one wow. bedroom. That, that was, yeah, yeah, I think the, my understanding was it was around a thousand a foot blended average. So, wow. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause our price, it was just, it was just a shade on it. But if you get into the two bedrooms then you're at least a thousand or maybe more, and you know, and this is an article I'm 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 thinking of doing up just a prod kind of like there was a big uh, multifamily conference just closed in Toronto there last week, right? Yeah. And all of the big developers concert and all these guys are there, and, and they're all talking about affordability. We got to you know reach affordability, but in Vancouver, like Goss is putting in a development out in Surrey with a fifty thousand square foot bike room, right? <laughs> You know, you know, <laughs> at the at the Burrard building downtown, but you know the Patterson building, you got instant call for a masseuse or a or a I, private chef. I was going to say, there's a chef on site. I think they might have a DJ to play music yeah, if you so, want. <laughs> you know, so hey, 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 yeah, like like affordability, sure, sure. But then you know they're trying to get you know you know you know fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars a square foot, like like an Oak Ridge. And and in uh, in Cole Harbor now two three thousand dollars a square foot for a condominium that's kind of normal right you know so we're, like the affordability is you know is one thing but the reality on the street is something totally different when you when the developers are you know are talking about it you know when they talk about affordability they're talking about government money not their own money that's it 
Frank, we have a, a six-pack of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests to end the show off here. Okay. So we kind of get to know you outside of the office there. Do you have a few more minutes for us? Sure, yeah. So the six-pack is powered by our friends over at Red Point Law. For all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca. All right, Frank, first question up. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Hey, that was easy. That was that, that was uh, a quick answer. That was a confident answer. Yeah, <laughs> I like it down there. Yeah. Uh, second uh, question in the six-pack, Frank. Favorite band or song? Rolling Stones. Ah, we had, we, that's back-to-back Rolling Stones we've Is had that right? now. Yeah, Hugh, yeah. Hugh last week. Uh, okay, I wasn't here for that one. Rolling Stones. Off, he found out he was the second. Start YouTube. Me Up is uh, my favorite song. Favorite quote, or if there's a quote you live by. It is the best of times. It is the worst of times. Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. That's right. One book you would recommend uh, to anyone listening? Huh. Let me think. Real Estate Action by Ozzy Jurek. Good book. Good book. We're throwing, we're throwing in a, a question here that we've, we've adapted from our friends over at the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Favorite restaurant or bar? Oh, okay. This this may throw you, but the Charles Bar down in Gastown. Oh, oh yeah, that's a that, great. That's bar. a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I like it in there. Yeah. And Matt Matt's mail have, gets delivered there for him. <laughs> they have great wings. They have, they have great wings in there, by the way. <laughs> Fantastic. Last question in the six pack. For all the people interested in commercial real estate, Frank, obviously you've been monitoring the market for the better part of forty years. What is one piece of advice for all listeners, specifically thinking about the commercial real estate world? Well, let's talk Metro Vancouver. Sure, sure. Okay, because this is is the best commercial real estate market in Canada. Have faith. Yep. Great. Good point. Good point. Have faith. This market is stronger than the press and, and the government thinks it is. I think a lot of us on the on the brokerage side of the industry, what's being reported and maybe what we're seeing can sometimes have a disconnect. And I think your comment earlier about the strength of that retail market is that's one area. I think some of some press outlets have made it sound like it's a dire situation, but on the front of it, we're not seeing that. And I was really pleased to hear you make that point earlier because I think that real that retail market's a lot stronger than a lot of people anticipate. Well, in BC, we're doing $8 billion a month in retail sales, okay? And 4% of it is online. All the rest is on the ground, face-to-face, in a store. So the Amazon Amazon is overblown. Yeah, Amazon is, is overblown. But, but, see, but they're going to save the office market in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. They're going to take as much square feet as they can to save our office market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The office market will survive. We've got, like some people like to draw a parallel between like Vancouver right now with millions and millions of square feet coming out of the market or coming out of the ground to what happened in Calgary, right? You know, like a like when you know the bow building was coming up and everybody was all happy and the and the oil price was was a hundred dollars. You know, and now what's happened in in Calgary. But if you look at this interesting set, there's more office space leased in downtown Calgary than there is in downtown Vancouver, right? You know, two point nine million square feet of fully leased space in Calgary compared to two point one million in downtown Vancouver, right? So, 
But Vancouver has a much brighter future than Calgary does, and I think that we're going to see the office market. By 2023, when the brand new buildings are complete and COVID's in the rearview mirror, it's going to be a, a very, very strong office market in downtown Vancouver. So I guess the question with Calgary becomes, if there's $2.9 million leased, how much isn't leased? Well, see, this is the problem. Calgary's got 43 million square feet of downtown office space. It's the highest, like, the ratio is off the charts, you know. Uh, you know, they have, like, compared to Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or anywhere, there's more office space in, in Calgary than, than anywhere else. And this is why we have this club. This 30% is vacant, 29.8% is vacant, but... There's so much of it that there's still it's still a bigger office market than all of the other cities on their prairies combined and bigger than Vancouver. You have the biggest office market, least office market, fully leased east of Toronto. You know? Well, Frank, I, I, I'm confident in saying if we ever have the uh, Calgary commercial real estate <laughs> podcast, you, you are going to be the first guest. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was going to say. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. I, you know, I, I learned something today. Obviously, we're not focused on Calgary just yet. So, Well, see, that's the thing when you read the media. Like you, you, you Google the Calgary office market, all 10 of the first stories off would be, you know, the crash of the of the Calgary office market is, you know, this 30% vacancy rate of, you know, woe is me. Yeah. But that market is is a lot stronger than people think it is. And if you look what's happening on 17th Avenue right now, it's just, you know, incredible. There's uh, six big projects going up there, retail and mixed, you know, projects on, on, the, on the Red Mile Strip there. There's a lot of action in Calgary right now. Well, you heard it here, folks. The eighth commercial real estate brokerage office from William Wright Commercials and be located in downtown Calgary now. <laughs> well, not not so fast. Where till where till the oil gets over seventy anyway? The Thirty please. plus acres of empty office space hasn't really sort of got us too excited just yet. Well, 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 thanks so much, Frank, for your time. That was a, a fantastic conversation. Uh, obviously, lots of insight. Uh, we do have another podcast called the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I think. Uh, if you ever have the time, we'd love to have you on that one as well to talk about the residential side. But thanks again for your time. That was fantastic. Okay. Thank you very much. Glad to help. Out. And Frank, how can our guests find out more about uh, where your stories are popping up and what's going on at Glacier Media and Western Investor and BIV and all the good stuff over there? Well, you have to go to westerninvestor.com. And we also have a digital edition and the October issue will be coming out tomorrow, I guess. Yep. On the digital side, just and you can just click on it from the westerninvestor.com page and then biv.com for business in Vancouver. Uh, I've run my stuff in there as well. And then if you just go on the Glacier Real Estate site, you'll find some of my material as well. And as a final plug, it's worth signing up to the, I think I get a business in Vancouver every daily, yep. uh, but it's worth subscribing because uh, that's where I'm seeing most of your stuff. So Anyway, doing God's work. Thanks again, Frank. Thanks, Frank, so much okay, for your thanks. time. We really yeah, appreciate thank you. it. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Frank O'Brien, senior writer, Glacier Media, Business of Vancouver, Western Investor, everything real estate. If you've read something, it's probably Frank. And I don't have to say it. Adam, I'm going to let you tee this one up. I would describe that episode as... Phenomenal? Phenomenal. Phenomenal.
absolutely phenomenal. Well, I, I really like how we scooped their story, basically. <laughs> Got Frank's Frank's top five picks. Oh, that was fantastic. And I, I kind of liked, it was like watching the sausage get made when you and Frank talked about, <laughs> when you and Frank talked about Kamloops. It was like, well, oh, so this is what they do, the backroom debate at, over at Glacier Media. Well, I think this is what it is. I'll be honest with you. You were so good pulling that information out of Frank. I would almost call that investigative journalism you were doing. That. He had no plans on releasing those five cities to us. Not only did we get the five cities, I think we've influenced the upcoming episode, the upcoming <laughs> article by getting Kamloops back on the map. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Th- Kamloops owes you a debt of gratitude, Corey. You, uh, <laughs> you went hard there. But uh, so what else do we have before we end for the day? Corey, uh, a few things. One, Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, of course, lives over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, your one-stop shop for residential and commercial real estate here in the city of Vancouver. And dare I say it, almost the, the province of British Columbia, I would say now. We have transcripts of the episodes. Get on the live where you get VIP access to both commercial and residential pre-sales and a whole lot more, including stats that you can't get anywhere else deal of the month, and a whole host of great things. And also, we have williamwright.ca. They can reach out to us anytime, whether through our website or our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. They can drop me an email, corey at williamwright.ca. We're always happy to hear some new show topics, what the feedback is, anything commercial real estate, or if you have a piece of real estate that you'd like to sell or purchase or even lease out, reach out to us. We'll put one of our brokers in any office in the province that can best suit your asset class. Fantastic. Well, another one in the can, Corey. That was great. And uh, let me know how Parksville goes. <laughs> Parksville? I, I used your credit card to be on the ferry. It didn't go through. I'm driving to Poco right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next time and see everyone next week. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.